Welcome, welcome, welcome to the DCM podcast. I'm your host, Seth Singleton, ready to debate, deplore, and dare us to expect the impossible from the masterminds at the DC Home Office. And I'm joined today by Dark Knight News Editor-in-Chief and all-around upstanding chat, Steve J. Ray and DCN reviewer Kelly Gaines. Kelly, go ahead and introduce yourself real quick. Hi, I'm Kelly. I'm an op-ed writer for uh, DC Comics News. And I'm and Mr. Steve. I uh, have been let out of my cage again this week to try and tickle your earbuds. <laughs> and if you have been following Steve on Twitter, you're aware he's mentioned to the warden that we need to up our meds. I'm not quite sure if it's happened for him, but I know I keep hiding mine in my jello. So I'm completely <laughs> <have> unpredictable. <laughs> Well, and that is because you're just a good all-around upstanding chap. To be drinking that's tea like a, a true Brit, that's that's upstanding. Proud sure. to uh, uphold stereotypes. Absolutely. <laughs> Some, you should know there's a Union Jack in my mind. It's just there now. It's just ever-present. It's just there. Good lad, Jack. I like him. <laughs> well, as much as I could talk about tea with Steve or coffee with Kelly, I'm going to slide us right into a bit of the movie news that's sort of breaking the headlines right now. And it's a combination of two stories. One, we've got uh, Jai Courtney announcing that he will be returning as Captain Boomerang to Suicide Squad. And then we've also got the news that we've got the stunt coordinator from Mad Max Fury Road will be joining the upcoming Batman movie. Kelly, I'm going to let you go ahead and start things off with one, both, wherever you'd like. All right. Well, I'm, I mean, I, I really liked Jai Courtney in Suicide Squad. I didn't like a whole lot about Suicide Squad, but he was okay. Like, he, he wasn't painful to watch. There was nothing, you know, horribly off about his character, really. He did, I mean, he did a good job. So if he's coming back, then, you know, if it's a whole reboot, I think a lot of the characters that didn't deserve the terrible rap they got the first time should have a chance to come back. So that's, I mean, that's awesome. And I, I liked Mad Max Fury Road. So, you know, I don't, I don't know a ton about exactly what goes into being a stunt coordinator, but, you know, I'm sure that'll be great as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement. Um, but the thing that I have to say is, so if Jai Courtney's coming back, if we're getting... Harley back if we're getting Amanda Waller back how in God's name is this a reboot this is a sequel um so everything is clear as mud but yeah if he's back I'm happy all more power to pink unicorns all around the world and stunt coordinators this guy knows how to put on a stunt sequence a chase sequence and fights so thumbs up from Steve yeah I can't help but agree on both of those points I mean one I feel like you could spend hours just sifting through the silt of confusion in those muddy waters trying to understand mm -hmm. who's coming back what's coming back why this is a sequel why it's a reboot and if anyone really knows what's going on or if they're all just trying to make their own bid for something just something um but really beyond that when it comes to coordinators it just reminds me of a guy who can line up dominoes really well and i thought he did a really good job in mad max so if that's something we can see in detectives, not only with the violence, but maybe with some of the detecting work, I'd be really, you know, curious to see how that all lines up. Here, here. Cheers. Uh, in which case, if no one has anything other to add on that, I'm happy to move us right along into a little bit of information that came out about Zack Snyder having a conversation after a... Uh, event in which day one featured a Q&A about Dawn of the Dead, day two, one about Watchmen, and the third about Batman versus Superman, at which point, a couple of bullet points, Snyder discussed Martha and its power as an important film lesson, that the Snyder cut does exist, and that there are actually 10 different cuts currently available of the movie. Kelly, I'm going to let you go ahead and start us off with any or all of those? I mean, it's, I guess it's great that there are other cuts, but I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't see what the point of having, you know, yes, it's like, oh, well, if you didn't like that movie, there's 
so many other versions of it where it's a little bit better, but like why then if it's a little bit better somewhere else, then why wasn't, you know, it just the best it could have been when it, you know, the, the actual cut that we saw. Um, so, I mean, it's, I guess, you know, good for him. And it's always interesting to see how, uh, you know, different directors or creators or different creative teams look at the same amount of footage and the same, you know, material they have and work it together. But it's, you know, it doesn't do a whole lot for me to know that there are other cuts out there. Whereas agreed, I, agreed. Fall in the, I fall in the complete opposite camp. I, I literally think that Mr. Snyder has lit the gas, poured on the paraffin, uh, and thrown in the match because he's now verified where everyone's saying, there's no Snyder cut, this, that, the other. There's actually umpteen thousand Snyder cuts, but the one we saw wasn't one of them. Whatever it said in the titles, that was not a Zack Snyder film. That was a movie made by committee by Warner Brothers and poor old Joss Whedon, who is getting a lot of the stick for it, which, again, I don't think he deserves because he was just handed uh, a, a corpse and he had to try and breathe life into it. Um I want to see the Justice League movie that Snyder wanted to make, and whichever version of that that is. So I'm falling in the opposite camp on this one, chaps. Well, I'm I'm not going to say you're the the only one to take that you know position. I'm curious about seeing it. I do have to agree with the fact of what Kelly points out with the ten versions, because my thinking is, okay, why are there ten versions? You know, what led to that? You know, how is it that these weren't in some way considered for some other part of versions? Or why is it that you have to watch 10 versions in order to see all of these great elements for whatever reasons they couldn't be included in the original? The follow-up question I have is, Steve, I kind of think I know your answer, but I'm going to let both of you go ahead and say so I don't go back to that word assume that we were referencing earlier. And, <laughs> and just go ahead and just say, who would see the Snyder Cut? should have come out in theaters in the next 10 to 30, 50 years. Kelly? <laughs> I mean, I, I would see it. I would absolutely go see it. But, I, you know, it just, it's, I feel like it says a lot for there to be the 10 cuts that, like, there is a serious disconnect creatively if you need 10 different versions of the same material. But, I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd go see it. Why not? Um, absolutely, I, I'd, I'd see it. But I think what he's actually saying is that like with Blade Runner, one of my all-time favorite movies, there are seven um, watchable, fully finished cuts available, and then you can get those in, in the steel book Blu-ray box set. Um, but some of the differences are so minor, where it might be a different track due to copyright reasons for one country or whatever else. Um, the fact that there should be a final finished version that he approved, like the ultimate cut of Batman vs Superman that's the version that should get the release like Ridley Scott eventually got his final cut of Blade Runner. And if that happens, yeah, I'll, I'll be grabbing a ticket. Absolutely. Agreed. Agreed. I could of course also follow up and point out that there's a thousand dollars being offered to anyone who can watch all of the Marvel movies before the, the upcoming Avengers Endgame, and how much money would be required to get either Steve or Kelly to watch all 10 versions of Justice or Batman versus Superman before. <laughs> However, I can save that discussion in question for another time because I can move us into uh, our next story, which um, I find just a bit of fun, a great little conversation that was had with, uh, I hope I'm saying this correctly, Mark Marin, Mark Marone. And the upcoming Joker movie that's going to feature not only Joaquin Phoenix, who we've already seen some great snapshots of and some um, stills, and we actually had a great conversation about last week, but the inclusion of Robert De Niro. And I'm just going to point to a couple of the highlights that stuck out for me about this article and then get your guys' response or anything that I don't mention. Please feel free to include. Uh, the first was Marin saying, hey, do you want to do a scene with Robert De Niro and Joaquin Phoenix? And pretty much after that question, your principles fall to the wayside. But then also he mentions that the approach is uh, more of an origin story and a character study of a mentally ill person that becomes the Joker. And that he also references that uh, he didn't really get to kind of engage with Joaquin before the filming started because he was already immersed in Joker. And his response to that was, I was just going to like, I'm not going to bother that guy. That was fine. You just got to respect people's process. Kelly, I can already hear you laughing. Why should I interrupt or prevent you from going? Speak. 
I I mean, it's I the the Joker movie that's coming out as a whole, I'm excited to see just because I mean, one, there is not a whole lot that we know about it, which I think just fits into if this is gonna be an origin story for the Joker, that fits perfectly. Um, and then you know, obviously there's a little bit of a history of actors getting really into playing that role and being a little weird throughout the process. So, you know, if anything, my hope would be that that means it's going to be a really well done role. Like if, if the other actors or, you know, the creative team are a little standoffish towards, you know, that I'm fine with that. Everything Kelly said. Absolutely. Um, he's an amazing actor. And if he's going full on method then it's going to be a thing of beauty and I cannot wait to see it. And in response to what you said, actually, Seth, um, I think his surname's pronounced Maroon because he can't make up his mind up for whether he hates superhero movies or not. And I have to, though, say that if I was offered a role playing in a film with Robert De Niro and Joaquin Phoenix, I also would just say, yes, OK, who do I have to kill? So I can't argue with that. And I don't think I could either. Um, and thank you for helping me out with the name. Every once in a while, I come across one. <laughs> it's Marin. I just right. think he's acting like a maroon. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Is it Marin? Maroon. It's Marin. Marin, yeah. Maroon. Hey, you know what? Go ahead and chime in with your vote. Marin or Maroon? We're taking votes all the way up until, well, who knows how long. Until he joins the conversation and tells us how to say it. (laughs) (laughs) He might not Uh, know. Let's just take votes. Yeah, you know, let's go ahead and see (laughs) if, you know, he wants us to decide. Maybe we can figure it out. Because if he does a bad job, maybe we'll go with Marone or Moron. I mean, it could happen. (laughs) Who knows? I'm not going to pick on the guy's name just on the fact that I can't pronounce it. And please, if you want to pick on me for that, join in. I think it's kind of funny. I'm macaroon the first time, so it's fun. (laughs) Macaroon. Yeah, hey, with the way you guys were pronouncing it, I kept thinking to myself, like, I don't know how to pronounce people's names anymore. Poor Kelly and Steve are going to be like, he can't even say my name correctly. Like, this guy's got problems. I've got no business talking about anybody's name with my surname. So I had it all growing up. Laser Ray, Death Ray, Gamma Ray, Radioactive Ray. I've been every Ray under the sun. So Mr. Moron, Maroon, Macaroon Man, listen, be a biscuit, be a cookie. We love you. You're in the Joker movie, lucky, lucky man. We love you and just make that great Joker movie so we can keep loving you. Okay? Because we want to love you. No, no pressure. Really. No pressure. Yeah. Moving us along, we did get a bit of a snapshot from uh, another DC venture that's coming up on the radar soon, and that would be a set shot with either, however you want to term her, Harley Quinn or Margot Robbie carrying a tray of margaritas, and this is really just a snapshot and not a whole lot else to go on. Although I did find it interesting that the focus of the post appeared to be on whether or not it was Harley or Margot who appeared to have a worried expression about dropping the drinks with not much more else to go on. Kelly, what do you have to add? I mean, I, well, for one, on the name thing, I really thought it was Margot Robbie. So I, I good, to, good to know on that end. But also, it's, I mean... I don't know who's worried. I would be worried holding drinks, but either way, I am really, really excited to see, you know, the uh, just what she does with this role because she's she seems like she's been amazing in actually like pulling together Harley Quinn and then you know on the larger scale the Birds of Prey and the Suicide Squad. So I, I I mean I honestly don't think a lot of that would be moving if it wasn't for her. So she can drop whatever she wants. It's fine. And also, margaritas <laughs> don't strike me as a very Harley Quinn drink, do they? She's more of a tequila, vodka, um, straight out of the bottle kind of girl, isn't she, Harley? So I think that was definitely Margot. <laughs> I didn't think of that at all. Jeez. All right, all right. Drink. I, yep. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to go with a Long Island iced tea. I mean, it's pretty much one drink guaranteed to just mess you up. So if I'm thinking Margot, she wants to get crazy right off the bat. Um, and is it Robbie or Roby? I mean, is it Marin, Marone, or Macaroon? I could butcher all of these names, and I think people will still know who I'm talking about. And even <laughs> if they don't, well, I'm butchering them already. So just hang on, folks. It could get No one's mentioned crazier. Benedict Cumberbatch, so <laughs> that's the hardest one. 
give me time. Give me time. And honestly, I have nothing else to add on except, yes, I think it's exciting. I do agree with Steve. It doesn't seem like she would be a margarita girl. Maybe straight tequila shooters. Maybe one of those tequila chairs that they always love to show in movies that I guess people do, but I can't. Uh, I will go ahead and shift along to an animated movie news tidbit that we had, which was the announcement that, one, we have a still image from the upcoming Batman Hush movie along with an entire cast list, or at least a, a main cast list. And I wanted to go ahead and get some response from uh, everyone. Among the names we've got, uh, Jason O'Mara, O'Mara, because I just can't trust my pronunciations, <laughs> Peyton List, it's Jerry O'Connell, Jerry O'Connell, uh, <laughs> Vanessa Williams, <laughs> Tara Strong. I mean, pick your favorite, pronounce it better than me. Kelly, let's go ahead and get started with this news and your response. I mean, I'm, I have a thing for animated movies, especially, you know, any of the DC animated movies. I think it's just that when I was a kid, it was, you know, the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited and Batman Beyond and all of that was coming out. So I always watch them, even if I think they're going to be terrible. But the cast, like the voice cast list looks fantastic. Um, I mean, I know offhand a few of those. And I mean, obviously, Tara Strong's in everything. So I, I don't think it would be an, anim an animated movie without her. But, you know, it's, I, I'm excited. This looks fantastic. What a cast. And having Jason Amara back again as Batman to carry on the, the theme he's done with all the post-New 52 era DC animated movies. I mean, that, that cast list's fantastic. And um, Hush, everyone knows that story. Um, whenever a figure from Batman's past comes up and he brings virtually every bad guy on the roster with him to try and take down the bat in an animated movie. Color me happy. I want to see this <laughs> as soon as it comes out. I can't help but echo. I mean, there's just a part of me that, that wishes that I'd said some of the things you guys had said first so that I had something as cool to say that instead of just echo. <laughs> but I will agree that, yeah, I've got an affinity for animated films that, you know, essentially goes back to what Bruce Tim created for us. You know, there's sort of a legacy and an ethos that, that he brought that makes me always look to animated films and showing me just a little bit more of what's possible than I think live action films are actually capable of sometimes accomplishing it. And I don't know what it is about the subtleties. I mean, I almost wonder, are the animated characters just better actors? Someone else can agree or disagree with me on that. However, uh, there's there's something that's always exciting about seeing a great story like this. And Steve, what you bring up about the idea of one of the oldest characters bringing so many characters to bear and pulling the strings with such masterful skill. I mean, really, it's like watching someone with one of those fighting kites just dance upon the air. There's currents there that we're not aware of, but we see them when they do it. And it's really just gorgeous. Um, so thank you guys for, for, for providing those, you know, really great examples. And I didn't hear anyone make a mention just in regards to the, the imagery. Did, did that sort of catch anyone with that, you know, shot of Batman with the Batarang um, before we step away from this topic completely? It's Batman I mean, with a Batarang. Say again? It's Batman with a Batarang. That's in itself. <laughs> Batman with a Batarang. What more could you want? Um, it's Batman with a Batarang. <laughs> No problem. Yeah, no. Uh, Pretty much the same. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, it was just that added little bit of excitement. It was like, ooh, ooh, look, that's him. And it's a battering in action. Like, I don't know why, but I can picture where it's going. I can picture when it's striking. I can picture him saying something cool before and after. You know, there was there were all those sorts of things. And because I don't know if I'm the only one whose brain just spins like a top when it comes to that, I wanted to make sure anyone else's spinning brain had a chance to spit something out. But I will shift along to the other uh, animated original that's going to be coming out. And that features Justice League versus the Fatal Five debuting on April 16th. Uh, really great story that I'm looking forward to seeing. And I know that it's part of our DC Universe package, which we're going to be rolling into soon. But since it fell on the animated news side, I thought I'd pop that in really quick before we head off to our break. Any feedback? 
I mean, again, I'm just excited about it. Like, it's, I'm really happy. Well, I guess, you know, we're going to go into the whole DC Universe thing, but I'm really happy with what they've been doing. And the fact that we're getting to see these kinds of stories is is fantastic. Who can argue with that? Absolutely. I mean, as excited as I am to see Jason O'Meyray back as Batman, I'm even more happy to see Kevin Conroy because he is my hero. Thank you, Steve. I, I always wondered if I was the only one who thought of, you know, Mr. Conroy in that way. And, and now I know that I'm not. And for pronouncing with me the way you just did, I, I just feel kind of lucky and a bit loved and really thankful <laughs> at this moment. And he that's how I feel. Absolute best verbatim, main without any doubt. <laughs> Agreed, agreed. And to see the Fatal Five on screen up against the Justice League, uh, that's a level of excitement that, you know, only something like Hush can compete with. And the only question is, who's going to come out on top? Personally, I think it's us, the viewers, but we'll know in just a little bit. We're going to take a quick break. That's a mic drop moment. That's beautiful. (laughs) Mic drop moment. Ting and... Before we jump into the TV and streaming news, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Hey there, everybody. This is Josh Rayner, editor-in-chief of DC Comics News. Are you planning on heading to Wizard World Comic Con sometime this year? Well, we have a great deal for you. If you are planning to do so, you can get 10% off your ticket purchase by using the code DCNEWS at checkout. That's DC. N-E-W-S at checkout to save 10% off your tickets for Wizard World. And that's for any city that uh, that they will be doing. So make sure you head over to www.wizardworld.com slash tickets and use the code DCNEWS for 10% off. Back to you guys. Nice. <laughs> and that's it. That's all the uh, news we've got to share from that quick advertisement. But I want to come back around to the fact that while we were talking about, just a few moments ago, the DC Universe feature Justice League versus Fatal Five, we also have some great upcoming news about uh, DC products and a snapshot, a first look image of Stargirl, which is a... I mean, for me, it's a, it's a really great opportunity to sort of say, okay, first look, what do we think? What do we see? What do we hope? Kelly? I mean, she from from just this image, she looks fantastic. She looks, the, the costume looks great. I, I mean, on a personal level, I never really liked Stargirl that much. I mean, I don't remember what it was specifically, but I remember her annoying me whenever she showed up in Justice League Unlimited. So I'm hoping, you know, this show can kind of change that opinion. But <laughs> from the snapshot, she she looks perfect. So although I, I just hope that perfect isn't like just being I, I don't I don't even know what it was that annoyed me about her. But there was something. But I, I you know, I hope they do really well. The fact that that costume is near comic book perfect and Stripes is standing behind her. He's there. Our robo buddy. I'm getting these happy feelings the same way I did the first time I saw the Hawk and Dove costumes from Titan before the show aired and stuff. So um, the stuff, ah, yeah. um, I I, again, I'm actually I could be the male uh, blogger equivalent of Stargirl. I'm just so happy and positive and bouncy and full of joy, and that's what annoyed a lot of people about Stargirl because she's one of the few. totally non-tragic characters who's just positively bouncy all the time. Sometimes you do want to slap these people. Um, I have experienced that many times in my life, so I can see where you're coming from, but I'm as happy as Stargirl with a brand new staff right now, just by seeing that photograph. <laughs> Steve, it's, it's really hard to follow that up. Um, and Kelly, you know, both great sort of perspectives. What I remember about Stargirl is that when I first met her, yeah, she annoyed the heck out of me. Like, I just thought to myself, why? Why? And then I, I found a sort of comfort that reminded me of some of the elements that I always loved about Robin. That ability to to see beyond, you know, to to sort of go, but we can do this, you know, and to be that that great cheering. 
Yes, Steve, I have to also add on Stripes. I love that we've got our man machine there and that he's going to be backing her up in a way that we've only had hints at. And when it comes to the staff, I mean, there's such a history there. And I love that this is going to create this connection for us to the JSA. My heart has always belonged to the JSA. Um, Her roots, you know, and history with that has always sort of been like, she was one of those best and brightest that came from it. You know, that there in the end was some tragedy that happened with the JSA and some of the characters, especially, you know, in some of the older storylines. But something about Stargirl was about that promise. And uh, I really like that this first shot, true to the, the comic book version. And the only thing that I wondered about was the belt, because it's difficult to pull off a utility belt without it being clunky or not in the shot. I wasn't sure how I felt about it being clunky or not. And that was really like the only thing I could kind of poke at. And uh, I really don't even think that that was something except beyond going, huh, I wonder how that's going to work functionally in the show. And that was about it. Otherwise, everything to me just looked, well, it had a lot of happy glow to it. And I can let anyone else add on if they want before we shift gears. I mean, there was something I kind of wondered which is just in general, but like, how is her mask on? That like, it's so perfectly shaped to her head, and I don't see any strings. Her hair looks fantastic. Like, how is that on? I I mean, it's great that she has it, but I'm just I like, wow, it looks fantastic. <laughs> I mean, my my comic history lore says that it's spirit gum. It's just really well applied. <laughs> Uh, because that's just all you ever need when it comes to putting on a mask. Steve, can you back me up on this? Um, Trademark Will Eisner. Yeah. (laughs) And in regards to that, that's the only response I have, you know, spirit gum. But otherwise... If it's good enough for Will Eisner, then it's good enough for me. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, indeed. And that allows me to shift into the other DC Universe announcement, which falls back on the animated Mnir animated side and that would be the uh, announcement that dc young justice will be kicking off its mid-season come july 2nd yes and i know someone's squealing but if it's not kelly i'm gonna let kelly go first and the other person who's holding it in thank you for your patience <laughs> kelly go ahead i'll make you? this quick but i'm 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 excited i really have been enjoying young justice um and i when I first saw it, it was back when they took that break and then there was the five-year leap and it like DC Universe and all that didn't exist yet. And I remember it ending and being like, wow, that was amazing. They should do more of that. So now that it's just every time I hear that there's anything else happening, I'm just excited. It's It looks like it's going to be great. Yes. Steve, <laughs> <laughs> you can let um, it out now. Go ahead. Kelly, you're lucky because Seth and I probably watched Young Justice and then it was gone and it wasn't coming back. And then years again, Sad. years later, it came back and it came back every bit as good, if not better than it was before. I mean, season three has just blown my mind. Um, every new character, every returning character, every twist, every turn, uh, the subterfuge, the way that heroes are lying to other heroes to keep secrets and, and everything else in between them, the whole underlying bubbling plot with Tara Markov and everything else. Oh, Young Justice, it can't come back soon enough. That's all I can say. Cannot come back soon enough. Yes, Steve, I was watching it when it came out and I did suffer for those five years and my my heart broke in in ways that it's hard to describe. It's been a beautiful beautiful wondrous moment to pick up each new episode and just fall in love again it's like reading an old classic with new chapters or stumbling across some beautiful discovery that you always hoped existed you never wanted to hope too much because you didn't know if it would be there and now it's there and it's like almost like hope is redeemed and fulfilled (laughs) um i've been I've been so in love with everything they've done because Kelly, like you, when it ended, I was moved. I found myself completely moved. It reminded me of the same, yeah, the same feeling I had not only with Justice League, but when Justice League Unlimited ended, it felt like there was this void in my heart. Like, I, I can't get those stories back again. I don't know how. 
And Young Justice brought back that promise and those breaks in between have been such a challenge that you always wonder. I mean, it, it always brings me back to the old Great Gatsby, you know, the idea of if you come back to something after so long, can it still be as wonderful and perfect as it was in the beginning? And oh God. it is. And it really, yeah, I'm going to do that sometimes. My, my literature will sometimes so intercede. <laughs> Not intentional. I swear to goodness, it just came up in front of me right now as we were talking. But, but the idea of that, it, you know, how can you ever come back to what was and still have it be as amazing as it used to be? And Young Justice is. It, it continues to remember where its heart is and it continues to tell a story from that place. And I've been thankful for each one because it, it keeps that promise to me. And as a loyal viewer, I'm going to keep my promise to keep coming back, to keep watching, to keep sharing. And yeah, to keep sort of gushing. So thank you for listening as I just did that. <laughs> Seth, can you please do me a huge favor? Anytime, Would you my good friend. stop apologizing for saying really cool stuff? Because <laughs> oh, honestly, English, but... that was great. <laughs> And I uh, could not agree more. So carry on being cool. Stop apologising for it. I meant to be the British person here who apologises for everything, including <laughs> stuff that I have nothing to do with. So stop it. You're cool. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll let it be. I'll let it be. But I will say that my exposure to your literature has exposed me to a proper way of conducting, and it's sort of ingrained itself in my in myself on a few occasions. So I will, if nothing else, just know that I've already been encouraged by my good friend steve and by kelly and the apologies they will diminish so i appreciate your patience as well i also does like the books seth <laughs> greatly appreciated to be met and joined and without any apology i am happy to bring up a little bit of news that's outside of dc universe as far as the platform goes, but certainly within the DC universe, as far as our hearts go. And that would be the release of the trailer for the upcoming Pennyworth without much more than that. First impressions, first thoughts and foremost feelings, Kelly. I mean, thank God they're giving Alfred something. He, he's been trying so hard for so long and I'm actually really happy that he's getting his own like moment in the sun and I, it's going to be weird seeing him young, but I, I, I'm, I'm happy to see it. I'm happy to have the chance to kind of explore his backstory a little bit more. Um, you know, because the supporting cast of like the main DC heroes is in a lot of ways equally as important, but above any of them, definitely Alfred. So I, I'm very much excited and it looks like it's, it, it looks like it's going to be well done. Um, you know, Jack Bannon seems to be doing a really good job. So I, I like it. Seth, it, it's it's everything we talked about last week, isn't it? Yes. It's, it's <laughs> the 60s, and it's so the 60s, and he's Alfred, and he's so damn cool. Um, <laughs> I, I, I actually think that the network's named after this show because this trailer looks, I'm sorry, epics. <laughs> <laughs> well said steve yeah i really do feel that it's embracing all of those great elements that we really want to see and these great little snippets these these quick just flashes of brilliance from costume to staging to scenery to setup all of it feels like this is a show that was crafted you know not one that was made one that was crafted sculpted prepared and shaped with an intention in mind. And actually, um, Steve, maybe you can help out because I feel like uh, you were one of the ones who brought up that there's a great uh, episode from Batman the Animated Series that gives us a glimpse into Alfred's history. Maybe not. I seem to remember uh, one myself, and I can't recall the title, and I was going to rely on you or Kelly if someone else could. But I did always love those glimpses that we got to see in the comics. And I love the idea of seeing Alfred portrayed as this young, striking man, completely unaware of what his amazing future will be, but in the moment, living this amazing present that, I mean, just this part of his life would be enough to fulfill 
all of the days of mine to have all of his experiences afterwards and know that each time to see him in a, this is just going to be a great setup for one of the more compelling, one of the, really the, the standout characters who doesn't get the chance to stand out quite often enough. I mean, we've only ever had flashes really of Alfred's past. There's always been hints and comments that he's made and the occasional, um, from from the film as well, like perhaps they'll have me back at Buckingham Palace or um, back in my stage days when I played with uh, insert legendary British actors. <laughs> name and, you know, if we're going to get a hopefully long run and watch this 20 something year old Alfred Pennyworth grow into the fountain of wisdom and knowledge and total badassness that we know he will achieve as Batman's mentor, surrogate father, then uh, again, we said this last week, didn't we, Seth, where people mm. were knocking this show as soon as it was announced, like, oh, what next? But to me, as soon as I heard Pennyworth, the series, as a young man, the 60s, sold. And uh, with this trailer, double sold. Agreed. Agreed. I, uh, I probably could just sort of do some babbling mumbling to follow up behind that do but it, do it, do it. But, <laughs> but really it's just the the only other thing that came to mind while you were describing all those great things was all of the hints that we've had suggested all the possibility that they can include and a last little tidbit that just sort of was teasing my brain while you were finishing was the idea that all of the different characters who might be the parents of characters that Yes. Bruce Wayne will interact with that he will have established histories with beyond Thomas and Martha, beyond the immediate Wayne family. But who else out there can we see that Alfred's involvement and his story can and is far deeper and contains so many more strings of web than than really has ever been realized until this story? Uh, so huge promise and potential there as well. Oh, yeah. Did you want to add something there, Kelly? Oh, no, I like it's it's funny because I I don't remember what it was that I was watching. But there was a moment where I was like, why in the world is Alfred still doing this? Like he is he's he's old. He's dealing with somebody else's kids problems. And like it's that has to be the most stressful job in the world. There is no way even with all of the money Bruce Wayne is paying him enough. So it's well, at this, but I mean, like, in as a whole, that he just, it, the fact that he's so involved with this family, there has to be some other threads kind of fueling it. It can't just be that, like, you know, he was that invested in Thomas and Martha and loved their son so much and, you know, stayed around and now is, you know, carrying on the legacy. I mean, I feel like this is a good place to build up why exactly, I guess, Batman's mission would matter to him. Deep. Yes, you two agree. Really being deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and Kelly, really, really nice. Uh, great direction there that I didn't consider as well. Like, yes, what is it about his previous missions, you know, that led him to recognize Batman's mission and how he wanted to be involved and how he could be of assist? Oh, boy. Yeah. We could really keep going on this one. However, I am going to go ahead and just ease the brakes as we take a bit of a turn and shift directions a little bit into some news that doesn't quite fall as much into the television and the movies. Sort of sort of has its own sort of standalone place, and that's the announcement that the uh, new Batman Lego sets uh, celebrating the Cape Crusader is 80th year and all the things that go with it. Um, I simply can't afford to buy any more toys as cool as these look. <laughs> and my nieces and nephews know that I'm just an artist. So the potential for either me to have these or give them is slim. But I always loved walking by the windows of the big stores when they had stuff like this out. Uh, Kelly, Steve, what were your thoughts in regards to just how many cool toys they're offering and how many of them you either want, can't have, or... I mean, I was, I was really into I partly because my brother said so many but I was really into Legos as a kid but now that you know since I've become an adult seeing how much they actually cost for like any remotely fun set is 
just I can't justify it. But then, you know, it's it still is something that, you know, like you said, if, if you walk past it, it looks amazing. And in my head, I, you know, kudos to anybody who, you know, takes the time to buy and put together these sets. And I don't know how you how you do that without being terrified that you're just going to drop it and ruin everything that you've done. But it's I, <laughs> it's it's one of those things that I'm so disconnected from now. But you know, twelve year old me would have been totally into it. I I always maintained when my son was born that one of the coolest things uh, about having children is the amount of really cool stuff you can buy and pretend it's for them. And Genius. lucky kids. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But the fact is now that he's 23, and even though he loves Lego as much as I do, um, listen, if anyone ever goes to the store and offers, hey, Steve, do you want anything from the store? I will always say, yes, this week's winning lottery numbers, please, because I want Batman Lego. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, it's true, it's true. And Steve, what a brilliant reason to justify purchasing gifts quote unquote for, the, for the little ones. <laughs> yeah. I have to have kids now. I mean, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can actually honestly say I, I don't and I've reached a, a ripe age past forty in which I've somehow begun accumulating them. In fact, recently my wife got me a subscription to one of those gift boxes and I'm chuckling because I'm going, Really? You're buying me toys. I don't know what I really thought you meant accumulating kids for a second. Uh, <laughs> toys got it, surely got that's it. batman's job <laughs> yeah, yeah i i haven't gotten my first ward yet but i will let this group know when that event occurs and also how the training's going should that ever occur awesome well, come on that, that'd be that'd be something i'd i'd want to let know and also point out just a little final tagline that they had at the end of this piece which was that if you didn't want to plunk down your money for our good friend Mr. Batman and his six new Lego sets, they're also expecting and announcing Shazam, Batwoman, Harley, and more sets will be coming in the future, just in case you weren't sure when or why you wanted to part with your pennies. Uh, but I will, with that note, move us right along to a bit of a change for issue number 1001 of Detective Comics. And the announcement of a brand new logo and a quick glimpse at it. Kelly, what did you think about that? Uh, I mean, I, I I have very mixed feelings, but mostly out of, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's okay. It's fine. I see. I'm just, I, I have such an aversion to change. And especially with, they've been doing so much right lately I just, anytime it's anything different, even a logo, I'm kind of, there's a moment where I'm like, do you have to? But no, it's, it, it looks fine. I'm, I'm okay with it. It's a little bit um, big and blocky, but that's not a logo or a title you're going to miss now. That's a big bat logo. And that's a comment you're going to walk past on the shelves and think, oh, Batman and grab it. So in that instance, yeah, I, I, I dig it. I get why they've done it. But like I said, that if it ain't broke, but I can see the reasons why. It's a new era. It's a new decade. And after Detective One Thousand, which literally just blew my mind, um, having to put a new stamp on this new era and the next eighty years. Hey, you know we've all had our logos growing up and I'll never forget the, the ones with Alan Grant and Norm Brayfogle. I'll never forget the old Alan Davis ones. I'll never forget all the ones that came since. So if any team deserves this one, the way Peter J. Tomasi has been writing this series since he took over with issue 994, you deserve a new logo. You're a damn fine writer. And uh, Arkham Knight finally in the comics. Who is this guy? Yeah. Looking forward to it. <laughs> All right. Uh, I also would have to say that, yes, after an extremely mind-blowing issue like 1000, you would want to set the next step with a very specific tone. Now, I'm pretty aware and pretty confident that this new logo is very specific. 
But I also want to follow back on Kelly. You mentioned you're okay with it, but if there's any sort of, you know, you felt that they've been doing it so right, why, why this now? I'd want to give you the chance to just sort of get it out because why hold back? You're among friends. Yeah, I mean, I just, it's, honestly, I don't really love the logo. It might just be, it kind of looks like, it looks a little bit like a kid's title more. It might just be the blue and yellow. I'm not sure, but it's, I don't know. I, I liked, I guess I just liked the previous logo. It's, which I, you know, (laughs) and I get what you guys are saying with, you know, it's they want to you know kind of make a statement and it's a whole new chapter and which is fantastic but I don't know I'm kind of looking at this and I I could like see it on a on a Toys R Us like so, oh there's no more Toys R Us but I like, I see it on, like that's because like, we didn't buy enough Lego yeah that's true oh god we should have bought more Lego so it I could have been on that. a Toys R Us <laughs> um I really felt like this was one of those changes where it didn't make me jump out of my seat. Like, ooh, I want that. And I want that on a T-shirt or a sticker or a poster. But more that, okay, I'm not sure what this means for me yet, but I will in time. And really, that was kind of my last impression. It didn't make me feel too excited or too dejected, but it did leave me thinking, I don't have an initial sort of gut sensation about this yet and that means i think i'm still sort of just getting used to it and and that's maybe about as far as i can go with it if that uh adds to what anyone else might have been feeling or thinking i do want to add one little thing um remember as well that we are actually seeing this this first cover is a white background cover they've obviously had to do the darker bat with a brightly colored lettering um there are other versions with different cu- kinds of uh, different colors on. If you go to my Facebook afterwards and look at my current Facebook uh, wallpaper, um, there's a different version, which is the black background. And I think it's a darker blue uh, around the Batman and red detective. And that pops a lot, lot more. Um, I think this color scheme, you're absolutely right, is a little bit um, five-year-old buy me a Batman lollipop. <laughs> but the other color variations really work. And, and like I said, it will catch people's eye on the shelf. And listen, if this is the book the kid sees and wants to buy it because he sees a Batman logo, if he gets people reading comics, thumbs up from there. There you go. True. Yeah. That's you true. know, hard to argue with that, Steve. If it gets the kids' attentions, if it brings new Batman readers to the fold every week, every month, every issue, I mean, that's one thing we always want to encourage. I also feel you brought up something really great, and I will be going to your Facebook page to check it out, is um, something that Kelly pointed out, which was the color scheme. But what you pointed out, which is the color scheme isn't fixed. It's something that changes. Now, that's a great thing that I want to look at a second time around, because that tells me that these color schemes can fit with the tone of each issue. And that, yeah, when we've got some, and let's admit that there are some very lighthearted characters that pop up in Batman storytelling, that we can use those more childish kid-friendly colors to draw in the lighthearted feel of that story and when it's darker and a bit more ominous take advantage of the fact that color sets tone and that that's a palette we can always switch up and that wasn't something i thought of when i saw that first version in this uh kind of feature image we've seen so steve great point that you brought up i'm going to be looking at those colors on your facebook page to uh see what else they make me think about i am old and full of wisdom I don't agree that you're old, but I agree that you have wisdom. How about that? Thank you. (laughs) We are, after all, young at heart if we're always talking about the heroes that inspired us from our childhood. And if we're going to keep talking about comics and covers, I'm going to direct us right over to the story about how Justice League 23 recently replaced its cover with a new cover. And it's done by the same artist, but... I wanted to go ahead and let each of you describe what you felt was going on in the original cover and is going on in this new one and whether you like one or the other better or any other impressions you thought about when you saw this. Kelly, I'm going to start with you. I mean, there's, there's a lot going on in both. That's my, my initial reaction looking at either of them is that there is just, there's a whole lot of, so, you know, when we're looking at that, that last, Batman cover it's very clear-cut like there's a focus the logo like you know exactly what is 
kind of being put in front of you. Both of these covers are, a, I guess, a little bit busy for my taste. Um, but, you know, in, in either sense, it looks, I mean, they look like they're having a hard time. So that, that would definitely get my attention on the shelf. Um, but as far as bringing in like a new reader, I'm not sure, you know, that I feel like at a glance, that would almost be a little overwhelming. Yeah, I have to agree to a lot of that because anyone coming into the series will look at both of those covers and think, okay, what have these guys been smoking? Um, <laughs> that first cover especially, <laughs> I actually don't think that first cover really works because it looks like, are they falling? Are we just seeing them from above? It's a bit disjointed. Whereas the replacement, it's multiplying that it's like each one's trapped in their own tv screen and they're trying to break out knowing what's happening in the story the replacement cover makes more sense because what's happening in justice league right now is pretty messed up and psychological and um is their future really their future is this sixth dimension playing with their minds so the th second cover is definitely a step in the right direction because it does match more closely the story that's going on but uh by the way both these covers are random. And I like them. <laughs> Flash looks well, so I'm... sad. Uh, yeah. Aww. He looks so, so upset. And he's like, he, I mean, they all look upset, but he looks like just defeated. Yeah. Aww. Well, he's I mean, stuck the in guy... his own pipeline with Nora now, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> he threw her in the box and now he's stuck. Oh, man. Naughty well, um... I can't say for honest, you know, any sort of place of honesty that I can claim what it is exactly they're smoking, Steve. And I'm not sure that they're going to admit to us. You know, I'm not saying that it's glassware and I'm not saying it's being passed around the office. What I <laughs> am going to say is definitely with the first cover that's shown, I don't know what's happening in the story. And unfortunately, it doesn't tell me falling, jumping. It almost yeah. feels like a reverse of that beautiful Grant Morrison cover from Golden Perfect where they're all yes. soaring up into the sky and they've got that sort of like uplifting. Here I get maybe Descent into Madness, whatever. But the second cover, that gives me a lot more to work with. Okay, they're trapped in individual boxes and yet they can see each other. So that makes me think prison slash specimen. Specimen catches my interest because then I think, oh, okay, specimen. Either you're there for scientific reasons or you're there for study or, you know, somebody else's Noah's Ark, whatever sort of setup you want. But the idea that they're in individual boxes and they can see each other and it's maybe even a prison of their own device or a hive sort of setup, however it might be broken down there, I feel I at least know what the possible setup for the story is going in. And with the first one, I just felt like, well, I could be falling or jumping into anything. And how am I really supposed to know? And Steve, to echo what you were saying about the story going on right now. Yeah, with the sixth dimension, with the possibility, like, is this the real future? Not only that, but knowing that the sort of darker hints we've been learning about what's going on with poor Superman during that time. And the fact that he, you know, <laughs> is the yeah. reason they think they're going to be a part of this story. Also points to me like, yeah, there's a there's clearly something nasty that's going to be waiting for them. And if this is any sort of hint to it, I definitely get that impression from the second cover a lot more than I did from the first. There you go. Oh, well, wait, the villains across from them. I didn't notice that until right now. You're oh, welcome. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. It, it's the the busyness is coming together, but I mean it, it does it takes a, a minute. So you know, but yeah, no, the second cover definitely is like leaps better than the first. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say that if they're doing it for the purposes of storytelling, I get it and setup and preparation and all those things definitely. Um, beyond that, you know, it just seems to tell more of what's going on than the first cover did and. I think that's just how I'm going to end up leaving it for that one. Without any other additions, I'm going to move us along to a story coming up in comic books featuring DC superheroes, high school girls, and they get into a bit of a weird science spinoff. Now, for anyone who's my age, weird science is something that, that speaks to a place in the heart that few things can speak to equally. But I'm curious how 
others might be feeling before I lend my thoughts. So Kelly, how did you feel about this story coming out? I mean, I, I think Weird Science was just slightly after my time, but um, I mean, I love Zatanna as a character, so it's, I like that she's going to be kind of a focus here, and it's, I mean, the, the, you know, superhero girls as a, that, that entire franchise is honestly really fun. If you can suspend, again, like all, all disbelief about just, you know, everything you know about all the characters and their backstories and where they're supposed to be in their high school childhood years, it's, it's always really fun. So I think if they're taking it down that avenue, it'll, it'll probably continue to be fun. And they're using Zatanna, which I love. I'm confused. Um, Kelly, how could Weird Science be after your time? That came out in 1985. I was born in 1994. So before your time then. Oh, crap. Yeah. I was going to say, how can something that was made before you were born be after your time? I'm so confused. Thank you, Steve, for you are a time traveller. <laughs> you are. She's a time traveller. I knew it. Where's your I, phone, Kelly? Where is your phone? That's what I was thinking. Sorry to say. <laughs> I was a teenager when Weird Science came out, and I'm almost probably old enough to be your dad. So what? <laughs> I am confused. Yeah, I went in the wrong direction there. Wow. <laughs> And we're not even That's talking so today, it's in the future today. We're all relatively, at least in the same day, us three. Uh, Damien's living tomorrow, so... I mean, time is relative as a sure. whole, so, you know, yeah. it's fine. Correct. I've got lots of strange relatives. That's how I got this way. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, going to I the just topic wanted... at hand, superhero girls, yes. I like them. Um, they're great for my nieces. There's something I can put on and have an excuse to watch superhero stuff with them. So again, um, if if you like children, you do want to have them. This is another reason you can watch cool stuff and pretend you're watching it for them. So <laughs> all for it. Agreed. I I, uh, I I love what DC Superhero Girls allows me to show for my nieces. Um, I've got a couple of them just coming out of like second and third grade and they just eat this stuff up. But I also love this thing that they're doing with Zatanna. Cause yeah, I love Zatanna. I feel she's one of my favorite characters. I love seeing her in action. I love trying to figure out how she's saying everything backwards. Cause that just seems like the coolest ability. Like yes. I wish I could just say cool stuff backwards and have magic happen. But I love this little tag that they mentioned about the idea of like, uh, her magic is messing up the science and that's what's making it weird and the the fun thing about that for me is like magic and science have always had this interesting relationship and i love it when stories start to point at the fact that you know while they seem so completely different they really aren't um i can't remember who said it best but magic is just science we don't understand yet you know this concept that that we're still trying to understand it and that what makes us different is really not that different from anything else we understand about each other. Um, so, you know, from what DC Superhero Girls has been able to do with this great storytelling and those kinds of concepts with the characters we've already seen, seeing Zatanna as part of this and just including this concept of how magic is her identity and how she has to find this, you know, sort of complementary relationship with science provides so many great opportunities for development for these characters, for the story as a whole. And... I mean, come on, the underlying story is girls in science. And that's just something that, I mean, DC superhero girls as well as all girls. Involvement in science is just a better thing for everybody. Um, I think I might have climbed on a soapbox there. But I can <laughs> climb right back. You so do it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I'm just going to leave with that. You know, it seems like it's a really fun opportunity to bring a lot of those pieces into play and use great storytelling through characters. You know, I already love and I my nieces and and others like them will continue to enjoy and love even with stories like something like magic and how it mixes with science. Yeah. And moving really quick into a bit of breaking news for the Essentially, the Arrow universe as a whole, the announcement that 
Emily Bett Rickards will be departing Arrow at the end of this season, even though we do know Arrow will be continuing to the mid-season of next year. I wanted to get some feedback really quick, uh, first from Kelly and then from Steve. What's your thoughts on this announcement? I mean, I it's it's sad. I I honestly haven't you know seen a ton of Arrow, so it's not as sad for me. But anytime you know a main character departs and it's not you know it doesn't seem all that plan that it's not when you know a, a season is concluding or beginning it's obviously it's going to be a little bit sad for fans of the show yeah it's it's a blow for a lot of lot of viewers um personally um i do love emily having met and interviewed her for dc comics news she is a lovely lovely lady and a real star she's humble and she and she's genuine but for me as a comic book fan first i've always seeing the relationship as having to be Ollie and Diner, the, the, the Green Arrow and the Black Canary. So Felicity Smoke, I always, I, I like to have interest for Barry Allen. So while I am sad to see Emily Bett Ricards leave the show, um, the way this season has been going with a future storyline, it was kind of coming because Oliver has not been mentioned in this future. Where is he? What's happened to him? And I just got the feeling that he and... Felicity, for some reason, when they're separate ways. And she's clearly alive in the future. So this is foreshadowing, I think, that final season of Arrow and perhaps Ollie making that final great heroic sacrifice. So, uh, Emily, all the best of luck for your future. I, I am going to miss seeing you in season eight, but um, I'm sure you've got great things ahead. And uh, the last 10 episodes, if they're as, as good as the last... Uh, 12 episodes of Gotham, or the last 11, one of them was shockingly bad. Last 11 episodes of Gotham, then I'm looking forward to the final season of Arrow as well and it going out on a high. Hard not to echo both of those. And really, I have to agree with the fact that, yes, I always thought in my mind that it was Oliver and Dinah. That was the relationship as I has always seen it. While I enjoyed Felicity, I felt the chemistry with Barry was something that I didn't understand why it was never fully explored, especially on the Arrowverse universe. Just seemed like there was such great potential there. When it comes to what's been going on in the current storyline, it would have made sense if we'd found out that Felicity actually had died in the future. But we know that she's alive, so how we're going to lead up to that, I'm not sure about. But I do feel that this does set up things in a very interesting way when it comes to that finale for the middle of next season. And it could make it easier for the the end of Arrow, his ability to make maybe that final sacrifice, if if there's this sense that, you know, things have gone on. If Felicity's uh, leaving the show isn't so much about her death, but her departure from the team or something else like that. Um, so in a way, it feels like it's a good setup for a potentially big heroic moment for Green Arrow down the line. At the same time, it's been something that I really thought would have happened seasons before. So I'm interested to see on how they're going to use this opportunity to, you know, have a great and impactful story about a very signature character for a number of seasons now, departing the show and leaving that universe different as it enters next season. Yep. And with that, we have ticked off our last bit of news. Um, that's going to allow me to go ahead and just move into a little bit of the basic information about us. Please remember, DC Comics News is now on all the major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. So please head over and subscribe to the podcast and rate and review. And don't forget to follow us all on social media at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and YouTube at DC Comics News. I'd also like to give you an opportunity to follow these fine folks on all the platforms where they might be available, aside from their great writing for DC Comics News and Dark Knight News. Kelly, I'm going to let you get started. If there's any social media platforms people can uh, check in with you, check out, or find you uh -huh. if they want to let you know about what they're thinking and saying. I have a Twitter. It's uh, Kel Gaines, my, my last name, G-A-I-N-E-S, uh, right? And, yeah, it's pretty much the only one. As Wonderful. everyone already knows, I'm a reviewer and interviewer for uh, DC Comics News and the editor-in-chief, writer, interviewer, and reviewer for 
Dark Knight news, but the easiest way to, to catch all of that is just Google Steve J. Ray. It's the easiest way. And um, that way you can see all the damage I've been inflicting on the poor internet <laughs> over the last 10 years. Wonderful. Thank you, Steve. I've been your host today, Seth Singleton. You can find my reviews on DC Comics News. And if you want to look for me on Twitter, at one more singleton or sethsingletonstoryteller.com. That's really about all I have to offer for you on that. What I do have is a final reminder that we love to share with you, and we're going to keep sharing at the end of every episode. As always, read more comics. Kevin Conroy.